Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. And hey, welcome to a new year. It is, uh, we're recording this before New Year's, before Thanksgiving, but as you listen, we're going to be in 2023. So welcome to January. If you are visiting us on the road this January for VBS previews, we are in Nashville and North Carolina. We're in Fort Worth and we're in Houston with our VBS roadshow of VBS previews. If, if you still have time to get to one of those near you, hurry over really quick to lifeway.com slash VBS. Check out all the great new and exciting things about twists and turns this year's VBS theme. And maybe there's still time, depending on where you live, to join us for one of our VBS preview events. If not, get on the list for next year because it's some of the best stuff that you'll find all year to get geared up and excited and engaged for another fun VBS season next summer. But as we enter here into January, the beginning of a new year, if you're not a resolution person, maybe you're at least a person of resolve. When I think of people of resolution and people of resolve, I don't think of my next guest. Uh, (laughs) I think of macaroni and cheese when I think of my next guest. Our guest today is our good friend, David Bennett from, from Home Life and Open Windows. David Bennett, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I think I resolved to be a good guest for you. Last time we were together, we were talking about what food on the Thanksgiving table you would be. And you had this great metaphor of how you are like mac and macaroni and cheese. And so that's the, you are the mac and cheese uh, in my mind now, which which is awesome. (laughs) But uh, resolve is another thing. You are a person of resolve. That was me just having fun with you. (laughs) Um, So welcome back to the podcast. It's so good to have you back. How have you been? How's, how was, how, (laughs) since we're recording pre-Thanksgiving, but airing this in January, how's your Christmas? Was it good? You know, it was great. Yeah. We all got a Tesla and that was great. Yeah. The wife and I got Teslas and we got Teslas for the girls and, and, you know, it was great. And we had to cut short our, our trip to, um, to our, our world tour, Acapulco. but yes, to Acapulco and uh, to Acapella. And uh, we, we got back just in time uh, for this podcast. So it's great to be in the new year. We are looking, we are futuristically looking back on a holiday that hasn't happened yet. So I hope that you get or got all the things in your stocking that you wanted to get. Are you guys a stocking family? We growing up, the stocking was the best part of Christmas. Really? And I'm a bad Santa, if you'd believe in Santa, or even if not. Um, I always forget that my wife has a stocking that needs to be filled up oh, yeah. because she fills up everyone else's. Yes. Our stockings today are pretty good, even for our adult children, but um, they can't be too heavy because they always fall off the mantle. So it's like, it's good for socks, scarves, you know, razors, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, it's the thing, it's the thing we do first, the thing we do first and you almost are satisfied with your stockings. So yeah, so yeah I guess they must be pretty good then, I guess, if we like them that much. We're yeah. stocking people. My life, my wife loves her stocking. And you're right. Hers is the one stocking I'm responsible to fill. And so yes. I feel the pressure of that. But a lot of pressure. I, I love the Swedish fish. So I always hope there's some Swedish fish in my stocking. 
And I really like those gold foil chocolate coins. That's kind of a fun, like down in the toe of the, so- of the stocking. You want those yes. little gold wrap coin candies. In the toe, but yes. Christmas is already over, David. That's ancient news by the time we record this. <laughs> How about New Year's? Is do you Are you a, a New Year's resolution guy? You know what? I was and now I'm not. What, what, for what the made op- that change for you? Well, the obvious reason that I'm hoping – Millions will agree with me. You know what? They never stick. They <laughs> never stick. And so I thought, why make a resolution? Um, I'm reflective. I'm reflective. I always stay up and I always see the ball drop or the number, whatever happens. I always do that. And then I go to bed. And if anyone's asleep in the house, I wake them up for that moment, the 20 seconds before. And so I kind of reflect. And I go, oh, what didn't I do? What do I want to do? And then I wake up exhausted on New Year's Day and I said, I'm just too tired to make a resolution. What are we eating? So, yeah, yeah. I, so I no don't more resolutions do, for you. No more res- No more soup and no more resolutions for me. No. Did you no. say soup? I'm thinking the soup Nazi Jerry Seinfeld episode. Oh, no soup for you. Yeah. No soup, no soup for, for you. No, uh, no resolutions so, for me. Are, do you have a New Year's uh, tradition for something that you eat? I know there's a oh, lot yeah. of people who eat the same thing on New Year's Eve, and for some of them, it has meaning. Well, surprisingly, some might probably think it involves crystal hamburgers, but it does not. We have pork, of course, pork. Always have pork. What, what, uh, you we say, always, of course, like that's a natural assumption. Is there a connection oh, between pork you know and New Year's? I, yes, there is. And see, because my wife's family and we did not grow up together, we didn't meet till we, you know, were adults. She had the exact same meal we had in West Virginia that I had in. Alabama, South Carolina, Arizona, everywhere we lived. But yeah, it's pork. You got to have pork as your main thing. No turkey, pork. Then you have your greens. I think they're collard greens. They might be. Collard greens, some kind of greens. You got called that represents the money you're going to earn. And then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you got to eat a lot of them. And black eyed peas, that's the coins. So we're very Southern traditional. So, but I heard that this is, this may have originated somewhere else. I recall, I think my my dad has this tradition of the thing that he makes. I wanted to say it was corned beef. Maybe I've got the wrong holiday. <laughs> there's there's one holiday sometime through the year where he makes like corned beef and cabbage. I'm not sure if it's New Year's, but I think black eyed peas is the thing. Black eyed peas, greens, pork. And then I, I was, I've was gotten where I make the cornbread because you got to have cornbread with that kind of stuff. That's kind of a sudden thing. But yeah, the main thing is you got to have pork, peas, and greens. Yeah. Wow. And each one of those things has meaning. And what did you say the meanings were? Uh, the greens, that represents like dollars, like currency. Okay. The peas represent the coins. So money. there's two bits of money in there. Well, there, it's mo- all about money. It's all about money. And so, What's and the you, pork and, represent? Well, you, you get it if you have enough money. You, know, you get to put it on your – yeah, I guess that's what – I don't know. The pork <laughs> is just that pork You spend your greens and your peas to get the pork. <laughs> to get the pork. That's exactly right. You got it, man. Oh, that's funny. Well – yeah, we've I've not been a resolution person. And I think for the same reason, I guess you get to a certain age and you realize they just don't stick. Like if I'm going to resolve to exercise and lose weight for a day and a half and then feel bad that I failed. So I, I don't do that much. So now I grew up in New Jersey. I am a proud Northeasterner. I have not lived there for a, a years and years and years. So we were in California and then been in the South for a long time. So some of my traditions are a little bit weird regionally, but having grown up in the Northeast, I connect the ball dropping in Times Square yes. with New Year's Eve. And yes. for me, that is, it's Times Square ball drop. I've never gone, 
and I don't think I would want to go. But now that we live in Tennessee and we are in the central time zone, it messes with me every year that the new year really started an hour ago and I'm watching a delayed playing of that ball coming down. So I, I my tendency is to want to celebrate on Eastern time and just go to bed sooner. Well, is that that's wrong? true. Is that bad? No, the only thing is you go say, at least we're not California because, you know, they're, they have to wait and wait and wait. Been and there. Wait. But do you ever wonder why, why do this ball drop? And in Nashville, the music note drops. I think it should rise. And then explode into a burst of color and and shower people with money, maybe money. Yeah, you know, it peas yeah, it, in colored greens, just shooting from the top of all the, just shoot of out. buildings, right. and just raining down on people with pork. And <laughs> <laughs> we. Cracklins, maybe. <laughs> I don't know how cracklins fit, but cracklins know. would be good. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? That would be oh, a beautiful David, thing. David, when you become mayor, when you become mayor of Nashville, let's mm. let's I'll be there. I will be downtown to watch that happen and to catch the cracklins when they fall from your flagpole. Oh, I'll, let, I'll let you push the button or pull the oh, lever that would be or whatever so cool. to make it happen. The oh, yeah. Honorary lever puller. I promise. You, I you promise. push the button and then, you know, some guy is secretly behind backstage <laughs> yes. pulling a rope to make yes, it look exactly. like the thing is automated. <laughs> oh, and isn't that the story of kids ministry? <laughs> we push the button out front and behind the stage, we're pulling a string. There's a hamster on a wheel. Making it happen. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, David, thanks for indulging us in some silly conversation. But we are talking about a new year. And as we enter, listeners, as we enter together into a new year, it is time maybe not to resolve in a way that sets us up for failure, but maybe to review to review and to renew some of our habits and practices uh, as we – it's a great time to kind of reset uh, your habits uh, for a new year. So, David, we wanted to spend a little time talking today about some of your recommendations for us as leaders and for ways that we might encourage families uh, to review and revisit and renew some good habits for a new year. So as you think about families and how we lead them, uh, and you've done this at several churches uh, in as a leader, um, where do you like to start when we, you know, families are so busy, they've already got so much on their plates, and we want to be careful not to just add more expectation on them, but it is a good time to reflect. How might we encourage families uh, to, or what, what even, to reflect on? Where do you encourage them to begin? Yeah, the thing is beginning to think about our families first year, they're coming off the busiest time of their life. I think the month of May, God does all school wrapping, but November and December is just exhausting. Like, mm -hmm. I think we should all have our little Christmas get togethers in July and our Christmas parties, open houses in June because nothing's going on. But, you know, it's been so frantic and, and everything and, and, and families are just kind of, they're tired, they're weary. And so you look at January, but you're kind of ready in January go, oh, everything's over. The Everything's checked off the list. Okay, let's take something on. And I think it's like small, small bites at first. Small, unlike me at a New Year's Day meal, take small bites in January. And I think the obvious place to start is, is like encourage your families and show them that there are opportunities for them to do this in a simple way. You get into God's word, like a family Bible study time. 
not not a seminary course, you're not a Sunday school lesson, but to say, hey, and it's likely that they spent some time over the holidays in scripture, maybe more than ever before, because they've been Advent, in the, things, yeah. yeah, Advent, and we read the Christmas story maybe on Christmas Day. So it's really not even starting something new, it's continuing something they probably have just done. But find a simple way and encourage families and provide families with the tools if they need it. And most of them probably will want a tool and probably most families aren't going to ask for it. If you just say, Hey, get in God's word, they may or may not do it, but you, I'm surprised. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm the same way. I like a plan. Hmm. I like a plan, something that I, I can use, but I'd say find a way to encourage parents to get their kids in God's word. Um, it, it, through a resource, through a system, through a plan, um, and, and start there. Start there. And you said keep it light. You said not a not a seminary class. Uh, no. how, where's the balance there between overwhelming parents with a task that they have to accomplish and encouraging them towards a good habit? What what sort of frequency is realistic for that sort of thing? Yeah, I th- I think it may be more. I think. Quant, quantity might be a good thing, but not like out an hour. But I think daily is so good. Daily is so good, but, but not 20 minutes, maybe. I mean, what if, what if you start with five minutes? What if a family sits down at, at the end of the day at bedtime, or maybe it's at the evening meal and hopefully, hopefully family, we're helping families to make one meal a priority if possible. We know that's tough with sports and everything going on. So whenever is the best time for the family, in my house, it would not be mornings. It was never mornings. It will never be mornings. But before the day ends, it's five minutes. Now, I can do five minutes. If you say 30 minutes, for some reason, that totally scares me off as a, as a parent. If you say 15, maybe doable. But usually you can't do anything five minutes. So I think naturally you challenge equip, encourage parents to take five minutes, it's probably good to go to 10 or 15 because it always does. And that's not a bad thing. That's a really good thing. But I think you start with five minutes a day and it's okay. I think it's okay to skip Sunday if you have to, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not having necessarily family time, but but you're in God's word on that day. And then you may even just say, let's do it Monday through Friday. But I think you start five minutes a day, maybe five minutes a day, five days a week and grow it from there. And you can use a resource to help you with that. We might look oh, for please. resources we can recommend to parents, right? But we've had different seasons in our family where we've done it different ways. Uh, yep. And sometimes better than others, right? Sometimes more with more consistency and regularity depending on the season of life. So the point, listeners, is not to make parents, parents feel pressure, but to encourage them to say January is a natural time to reset some things. And coming off the busyness, craziness of the holidays, and we as we look to cut out some old habits and develop some new ones, it's a great time to encourage parents to start some sort of a daily interaction with their kids at home around God's word. David, one of my favorite things that we've that we've done with our kids, it was during COVID actually, where we gathered together without the TV on and we regularly huddled in our living room at the end of the day shared some highs and lows or some feelings. And, uh, and I, with our kids, I just thought, you know, the book of Acts is such a great book that is story oriented that kids don't really spend a ton of time. And we don't dwell an awful lot of time in our Acts 
uh, book as as we as we study most of our kids' ministry curriculum, right? But I found that just reading a chapter uh, about we're, we're hearing about Paul being shipwrecked and about uh, all the different things that happen throughout the book of Acts is just such a good action-packed book. That's one place that I have found that I have enjoyed with my family. Is there something that you guys have done at home with your girls at any point in time that you were like, oh, this is something that worked well for us? Yeah, I, first I would concur that Acts is a great idea. We're going through Acts at church now, you know, going through. But you think about it because it is so it's so graphic, it's so exciting, it's so attention grabbing. And there's probably not a chapter in Acts that a kid's gonna fall asleep in the middle of because right. you got the guy falling out uh, of the window. Fall asleep you know? and fall out of a window. Yeah, I right? love that. I love Eutychus. I think he was the guy that fell That's right. out. You think yeah. think it was Paul was there to help him out, you know. But yeah, the, the Acts is a great place to go. You know, we always kind of go, we're we're the this tradition go to John, start with John, the book of John, you know, just relationships. The only thing is it's such long chapters, such long, but it's so it, it's written so beautifully. You know, that's my, if I, I love all gospels the same, but if I yes. only had one gospel, I was only allowed to read one, it would be John because of the narrative nature of it. And I always say it's all about relationships and you see the relationship so much in there. But, you know, I, I really, I think I prefer your suggestion about Acts. Because well, for it's us just, as leaders, right, whether it's John or Acts and leaders, you you choose. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's. It, Pretty simple for us as leaders to recommend to families. Hey, families, starting in January, here's just a really simple reading plan. We want to encourage everyone of our families to be reading through the Gospel of John or reading through the book of Acts, not about a race or a pace that you have to maintain, but just as families, as you're able, let's be reading this together. And it reminds, you know, having everybody read the same thing, not just randomly read different things. I feel like that brings a sense of community right to to the church that we're kind of we're all just dwelling in John or we're all just we're we're basking in acts right uh through the month of January and February maybe uh and what a great way i think the short term goals and short little bite sized pieces is a really smart idea and just thinking like the, the, the five in start with five minutes, five days a week or whatever, I'd probably hold off on Lamentations, a song of songs, <laughs> you, know, you know, those might be something for the summer months, you know, sure. when you're really, really ready to tackle some, some exciting, exciting reading. But yeah, it's doable. It's doable. And how cool would it be if, and this doesn't always happen, but what if the church was going through a series or something? And so what's going on at church? Mm-hmm. What like right now, Acts. And just think, think if I'm reading with my kids Acts because I'm hearing that in church, um, that would be cool if it dove. It doesn't have to dovetail, tie together. Sometimes it's different to have something going at church, something different at home. But um, it, the thing is, it's doable. There's definitely the material there. I mean, you got the scripture, but then there's so many resources, so many different ways to do it in a fun, enjoyable, manageable way that is never overwhelming, but always enlightening, encouraging. We now we know we as a Lifeway Kids team uh, work regularly with our our really wise partners at Lifeway Research, Scott McConnell and his team, and we collaborated a couple of years ago now on a book that is out. Listeners, if you haven't seen it, go get a copy of our book called Nothing Less. Nothing Less uh, by Jana Magruder. And that was a team effort that uh, Jana led the, her, her team, the kids team at that time to, to create that book in, in concert with Lifeway Research. And it identified 
key childhood practices that led to spiritual maturity in adulthood. And we know from that book, the number one thing far and away is regular Bible reading at home, in the home. And we know we need to have our Bibles at church. We always want to celebrate and elevate God's word with our kids, but to encourage kids and families probably, and I'm glad this is the number one thing on your list, David, of what we might do for the new year. Always, 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 listeners, let's figure out how we can connect kids and families to open Bibles at home together. Give them a simple reading plan. We may need to consider giving Bibles. Uh, you know, it used uh, to yes. be, David, it used to be statistically, we knew that um, like every family had a Bible in the home. I don't know that we can assume that anymore. Uh, do you? What are your thoughts on giving away Bibles maybe as a part of a strategy like this? Wouldn't it be great if you gave away the Bible and it had the strategy in it? You know, like you gave the Bibles away and it had the reading plan, even something simple that even though the parents are going to lead it, although we know sometimes a child will lead us. But, you know, if the even though the parents are leading it, the, that the kids aren't left in the dark, what do we do? And they have this this little chart or whatever like it print might it be on that a bookmark, Right. Just be like, yes. we're going to read. And it could be super simple, you know, so simple. print it off on your copy machine and laminate it and cut it with all the things you do every week and just be like, you know. Acts in 2023 or whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah, give them a awesome. bookmark and a Bible. How cool would that be? Um, it's, you know, because we we talk about age-appropriate Bibles for kids. There are some really great ones that that we produce. Uh, the new Explorer Bible that uh, the Lifeway Bibles and Lifeway Kids team have recently done. Listeners, if you haven't seen it, this is a gorgeous Bible. Go get it and see it. It's great. But even uh, it might be an opportunity. We often talk about giving kids Bibles, but to give a family a Bible, I think is way less common. Uh, and it might be a great idea to what if you had a way that if you need a Bible, we'll give you a Bible along with this bookmark. Cool idea. So David, time in the word is your number one thing as we as we uh, review and renew our habits for the new year. What's another thing that we might look at? Well, we talk about time in the word. This, How about just time? Mm. Time. And I, I know um, one of the biggest concerns we hear from parents is not enough time. How do we spend our time? And mothers say this more than fathers because we fathers, we don't talk much, you know, about stuff. But our, our wives and the mothers of our children, they're honest enough to say, I just need margin. I need time, mm. which that says to me, we've all got the same 24 hours in a day. So how are we spending our time? How are we investing but our time? So I'm so busy. And we run. Don't you it think it's like time life gets faster and faster and faster and we just yes. run from thing to thing? Yes. So to evaluate, to do some kind of evaluation, but, but I keep thinking as a leader, how can I help parents to not be exhausted in what they're doing and, and to make these opportunities life giving for them instead of sucking the life out of them? Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of well meaning parents. Oh, they love their kids. Oh, they love God first. They love others, especially their kids second, you know, just like we're coming in to do. But but they're either at a loss for what to do, or by the time they have time to do it, they're wasted. They're exhausted. You know, they've got jobs. They've got church. Even church can take up valuable family time sometimes. But I think to and I'm, I grapple this question, how will, how can leaders help parents prioritize time for their family in the word, but also in the things they're involved in. 
And, 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 and sometimes this is amazing. I was an interim in a church where from the week before Thanksgiving until mid January, okay, that's two months, two months of the year. They had no Wednesday night programming for kids. That's unheard of. I know in, in my circles as a, you know, SBC, loving SBC churches. But what that did is that gave time back to families during the busiest time season of the world. And yeah, sure, they're getting sick during that time too and getting the flu and stuff. So it's kind of a health thing. It's good, good for our health. But the main thing is they were able to focus on their family. And so I think as, as leaders, that's the thing we, we are responsible for really evaluating what we're doing and why are we doing it. And we need to just kind of get rid of stuff that's not life giving and, and helping our families get in God's word and to be discipled. So I think that's a program. It becomes a programming question, doesn't it? To as we approach the new year, what are we going to continue to do? What will we not do? Our but the biggest question, how do we help the parents? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it. And, you know, the parents aren't the ones planning the children's kids ministry. You know, we, we the leaders are doing that. And so um, how do we communicate? These things are important, but also you need time with your your kids. And we know but they're not doing, doing church. They're doing sports. They're doing school. They're, they're doing, doing everything, everything. else. And, Everything. You know, and I think for for me, one of the things that I struggle with as a person who always wants to do more and be everywhere, and I can so easily take on one more thing and never stop doing anything. And so I, I think January is a great time to kind of clean out the closet of our calendars. To, like, you know, Christmas time, we you, we can all relate to this, listeners. Christmas time is that time when you get all these new toys and all these new clothes and all the new things. And then there comes that time when you have to take the stuff in your stocking and put it somewhere, right? Not just leave it hanging in the stocking. You got to put it in your closet. Uh, and, and it becomes a great time to, as you bring something new in, to throw away or give away something old, go donate that load to Goodwill. We don't do that with our calendars well enough. So even, even as you talk about, hey, let's start, let's prioritize time in God's word, these small increments. As we add things, let's encourage parents, encourage families to find five things in January that they can stop doing. What are five things we can cut out? Now, don't make it cutting out church. Don't make it cutting out the word. But we all have things that we just take on and that we add more and more and more until we can't carry it anymore. How can we help parents or even challenge them? What are what are some things you can stop doing and and eliminate from your busy schedule? Isn't that interesting. Sound crazy? I, well, no, it's it does. It does. It's, I mean, it sounds it, I crazy, like it, right? No, I like a challenge though. I like, it would definitely be a challenge, but it's like the thing we're used to use for whatever. You know, you take a, take pe- five pieces of paper, write something on it, and then you have to throw it away one at a time. I think yeah. our families would actually probably need something like that. Something to say, okay, these are five things that we could do without. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's a sport, you know, it, but sports are important or maybe it's a practice or where, but, but they list these, say, what are the five things you'd be willing to give up if you had to? Well, and then and, you and maybe they're get little things, right? Because some of those feel like big things, but, um, you know, as we talk about you're like the balance of time, right? You're talking about yeah. making the most of our time. And I think of let's, Let's behave as wise, not unwise, making the most of our time because the days are evil, right? Time is short. As you're talking, David, here's where my mind is going. As you're talking about, hey, consider adding five minutes of Bible reading a day. 
I'm saying let's not be like, therefore, eliminate soccer from your life altogether or just never. But what if, how can families find five minutes in their day? If we're going to add five minutes, what's a small place where we might look where we can cut something by five minutes? Can we trim five minutes of a TV show? Can we cut five minutes of scrolling through Instagram? Can we cut five minutes of going, you know, for another coffee away from home somewhere or five minutes that we can trim just five minutes can, can make a huge difference in how we invest that same amount of time into something different. I don't know. Maybe as you were talking, it just sounds like maybe there's a five minute challenge there. Cut five, add five. And you know what? It sounds like I would say in, I would say this true for most every family that we like our devices whatever it is, whatever device we have, and we're on them all the time. Mm. And I'm going to guess a lot of time is spent on our devices. So just think if you just said, okay, kids, of course, there'd be a revolt. We know this would be the toughest thing in the world to do to, to maybe impose some structure or restrictions on phone usage or right. whatever. But just think if you just said 10 minutes there, you take away 10 yeah, minutes. Incremental. Over, Incremental. And then you've got five minutes to do your body rate and you got the office and you get this extra five minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. So, so yeah, I think doable things where the parents aren't overwhelmed, where you can say, we can do this. Say you got to eat and we want you to eat. And together, hopefully (laughs) you got to sleep. You got to go to school. You need to be in God's word. Sunday is a good thing. And so really, so you look, say you look around, what is it a TV show? Is it devices? It almost, it almost, I would say most of the majority of the time we're going to find it, it's screen time, whether it's a yes. big screen or small screen. Simple place That's to look. That's where the time's going. Mm-hmm. And I if think. we look at it as as minutes, like we said, incremental, not like delete Instagram off your phone in January. Yeah. That's a big resolution. We're talking about like a shift in prioritizing our time. I love that idea. We, My pastor uh, has talked about, and I've written about on the Kids Ministry 101 blog at lifeway.com slash kids, where you find the blog, uh, about assessing our firsts and lasts in the day. And my, my pastor's encouragement was scripture before screens. Start the day, scripture before screens, before you pick up that phone, do your five minutes. And then, and my encouragement was your first and lasts in the day. Start the day with scripture and end the day with scripture. First thing and last thing you look at, just a good practice. That may be a lot to ask of families, but encouragements like that, leaders, where we're not saying kill electricity to the internet, just cut power at 5.30 and spend your whole night by candlelight reading Lamentations, but to say, let's look for that five minutes of, can we trade five minutes of Instagram or five minutes of social or five minutes of a video game for five minutes in God's work? Good one. Good one. David, let's talk about, as we wrap here, the importance of parents leaning into not just quantity of time, but quality time in building those important relational connections within their own families. Well, and there's a difference, definitely. And uh, being there is so important with a kid. And the voice I still hear, I mean, Kimberly's parent, my wife's parents are still the or passed away now, but she still hears their voice. They're still so present with them. So we know the importance of, of the parents and like the adults that, that love us in our life. And so the, the quality time, what I would love in a practical way, which is a, so bizarre. And this is 
a tangent for what you're talking about, but like family worship. I mean, we come to, we, this is the thing, we come to church and we, we split and then we come back together eventually. But you think about, I th- there's such an incredible value. If, if our parents and our kids aren't in the same worship service, they, they should be. And they're not always, they're not always. And we, we actually have parents that, some parents that will leave, drop their kids off and leave and come back. And so they're missing that opportunity. So there are opportunities for families to be together at church, but around the table, I think one of the greatest opportunities that, that families have is at some point, usually the end of that, maybe one of the last things you talked about, the first and last is just make mealtime a, pr- a priority. Now we don't have to provide recipes for families because people know how to cook. They know how right, to right. order food. They know how to order out or whatever, make it easy, but just say, this is our time. Uh, my mother-in-law had cookbooks out and her biggest thing is she always insisted and, and lovingly that the family sit down and have at least one meal together. You know, breakfast would be a nightmare to try to do something then because you know, you got cereal everywhere. You got people running out in here, but find that time where you're together. And once again, it had to be three hours, not an hour, but, but, and there's something we have a round table on purpose. We don't have a square table. Mm. I always wanted a round table. There's just something about sitting at a round table where, where the Bennett's of the round table, not the Knights of the round nice. table, where the Bennett's nice. of the round table. <laughs> and we absolutely love that. And we solve the world's problems. We love each other. We we express concerns with each other, but we will talk about God's word and what God's doing in our lives and how at at the table. So there's there's if you look through Scripture and you see Jesus's ministry is biblical. It's 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 a truth that sitting down together as God's family, but especially as a family, a mom, a dad, a grandmother, five kids, whatever. Um, that's where the, the the quality time, I think, really happens. And, it doesn't um, and happen I think you should all get around to everybody get a round table. table. See, yeah, now, I, mean, I, it's, it's, I build farm tables that are long and rectangular, so I'm not sure I'm of the round table well, tribe. However, it's okay. I'm definitely it's okay. of the around the table tribe. Around the, the shape table. Of your table. Yeah, totally. That's good. Um, so we, we know through research and other – experientially, as well as through research, that just sitting, just having a meal together doesn't magically make this happen. It's really about what you do while you're at the table. So you, it sounds like you guys have natural conversation where you're solving the world's problems and interacting. Plus not not every, not during every meal. With Mm -hmm. our, you know, we're, our boys now are teenagers. So we've got, my youngest are now is 14, uh, Tate. And, and so we have found with our boys, with our girls conversation was easy and natural and it flowed. Now that we're leaning in with our boys around the table, we have become a big fan of having some little talk game conversation games. So Chris has invested in getting one little box of cards that's like the art of conversation or family talk, right? Where you pull a card out and it's got a question like if you were a dish on the Thanksgiving table, which one would you be? Things like that, right? Or or if you could travel to this place or do whatever else, what would you choose to do? That helps facilitate that conversation. 
as families, we need to not just be in the same place. We need to be present while we're in those places. We have found personally for us that that having a game like that, and we find now when we have company over, we're reaching for that card game because it's such a great way to get to know everyone. And if we're not sure what to talk about, it makes it easy. So as ministry leaders, we could write a little list of questions that we give families for the week and be like, Here's questions for around the table, and maybe the majority of them are are light, um, just get to know each other, share a feeling, share a thought conversations. They don't all have to be deep theological, spiritual discussion, but then when it is time to have a conversation about something that is meaningful, we've actually invested in building a, a relational connection and opening the door for communication with our own kids. A lot of families are in the same house, but they don't talk to each other. And I think that's a really good goal. How can we help families communicate with their own kids? And that'd be a huge, 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 huge win for so many families that can't even imagine ever doing that. And what this might end up looking like instead of five minutes in the more five minutes in the evening in God's word and a group discussion at the table, for many families may say, okay, we're gonna do those together. Because what you know, because how think about how many times our families together, sadly, some never at all. It's like you said, they're they're living in the same living in a hotel, you know, and they're all just, you know, um, just coming and going. But like if that one time and I think the table, I think laying around in beds is cool, too, and all over the floor. But, you know, after dinner, you pull out the cards Mm -hmm. and you kind of get the mood set and then that's your time to spend in God's word. So. And you, you know, you all, you just find a sp- small place to start and you start small and then you just trust God to, to grow it, you know. David Bennett, thank you for talking with us again today. It's fun to just kind of explore an idea with you and just sort of unpack it in real time like we've done today. Thank you for sharing with us. It's been great to have you back on. You're welcome. I'll, I'll come back the next time you invite me, Chuck. All right. We'll see you in three or four years. And Oh, no, 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 no. David, it's been great. Thank you. Thank you for your investment in kids and families and in the churches that you serve. Listeners, thank you for your investment in kids and families and in the church where you serve. We are your friends here at Lifeway Kids. Please know that our heartbeat at Lifeway Kids is to encourage you and support you as you minister to the kids and families in your communities. There's a whole bunch of information and resources available for you at lifeway.com slash kids, our blog, our podcast, and some great resources. Please check that out. Share the podcast with a friend. Would you consider doing that? Share it with your team. We would love for them to be able to listen to conversations like this and find encouragement just like you do. Thank you for what you do and thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.